This season of Keep Calm and Carry On is sponsored by Act London, the premium natural deodorant balm for all genders. Created, tested and approved by London's West End performers, including myself. This is plastic-free, aluminium-free and cruelty-free deodorant. It's truly born to perform. See more about their amazing story and why they're Vogue's number one deodorant at actlondon.com. That's A-K-T London.com and use my 20% off code KEEPCALM20 at the checkout. Hello folks, this is Kerry's listeners I'm speaking to and you're not expecting my voice, I know. This is Brian May and today Keep Calm and Carry On is a little different because today for the very first time the tables are turned and instead of Kerry delving into people's lives I will be delving into her life. (laughs) So uh, for the very first edition of Keep Calm and Carry On autobiographically Please welcome Carrie Ellis. Oh, Brian, that's amazing. It's so funny. It's so strange hearing like my show introduced by you, but I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. This is exciting. Was that okay? That's amazing. You are, you're, you passed the test. I think it's just oh, good, brilliant. Good. Well, well, I'm very aware that I'm dealing with a professional here. You've done a lot of interviewing now. You have. I mean, it's, you've added it to your long list of talents and you're very good at it. So I'm not going to claim to be good at it, oh. but I do have some questions. Oh, I'm a bit nervous now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was a bit nervous as well, I'd tell you. <laughs> well, we, we, we kind of know each other, don't we? we you know, do. It's been a long time. Mm. But I'm going to go straight in, if I may, and say, when did you know that you were going to be a singer? How did that happen? When was that first inkling? Wow, well, I... Uh, it's, I don't actually think I had a moment of this is actually, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I think it was just always there. And it, it's interesting now being a parent and I look at what I do with my kids and how you kind of navigate or how you put them into certain things. Like I put my eldest into uh, football, Alfie, and, and he just to kind of get him into a club and get him interacting and get him doing something. And the same with Freddie. Freddie likes a bit of theatre, so he goes to a little a, a school, but... I think it was more circumstantial. You know, my parents putting me into dance classes and me just going for a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, I was in my early teens that I started to sing a little bit and started to do shows like The Wizard of Oz at the Wolsey Theatre uh, when I was 10. And I sang a bit in the ensemble, you know, nothing nothing huge. Um, I guess it was college. Mm-hmm. College was the time when I started to realise that I could sing and I was singing amongst other people and I thought, oh, maybe this is a little bit different and I I think I can do this. And I loved it. I think that was the mm. difference. I had, I loved it and I still do love it. You know, I, even when we're in the studio, yeah. I'm just, I just love every minute of it. All aspects of performing and singing and discovering about music. It's just, it brings me joy. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful. Well, I was grateful to have a career in it, but it's, it's gone a bit static <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Well, if it's gone that sad, you've managed to do incredible stuff. I mean, most people have, I know a lot of people who sort of gave up and threw in the towel, but you've carried on doing all sorts of great stuff. I have to mention at this point, your home concerts. Kerry did three concerts, which you guys are probably aware of, from your kitchen. Mm. And they're really the best live concerts I've ever seen in lockdown. They're just, they're just I don't know how you managed to to be so professional and also so kind of intimate and make it work. I, they're on YouTube. People can still see them, right? They, I think so, yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. I mean, you've done your own bit of home entertaining, haven't you, with your guitar? Done your own mm. little YouTube, well, Instagram 
Instagram shows. It's a weird thing though, isn't it? Because suddenly yeah. you've got, we're so used to having um, so many people around us with sound and lighting and you kind of, not that you take it for granted, but it just becomes the norm and people, musicians yeah. and technicians and suddenly you're in your home with none of that. And, and it's so apparent mm. of how how skillful or how, I don't know, technological we've all had to get. We've had to get online and had to do it ourselves. But I think what really? is is interesting is it does all boil down to the you know the talent the original passion the if I sit and sing mm. that's what it's it's about if you sit and play that's that's kind of the root of it yeah. I think it is yeah sort of back to the roots I think people are really starting to realize now that this is kind of not going away is it? Mm. we are adapting we're making a permanent adaptation here in a way yeah I mean I'm sitting here also like you with nothing mm. I have a guitar and an, I, an iPhone I don't even have pro tools or anything um, but yeah, in a way, I think Instagram and social media have become our platform, the way we mm. perform, haven't they? It's yeah. amazing. But we have adapted. I mean, you do great on Instagram. I love it. <laughs> and I think you should, I think, uh, yeah, I think you should do more. I love those Ah, oh, I try. Well, we tried, didn't we, at New Year? We tried to do something. Yeah. <laughs> we, we made a train wreck at New Year. <laughs> <laughs> but we we done you know I mean yeah. you very very graciously gave me uh, a little recording to do in those live Instagram shows so I could kind of duet with you in a way but it's sad that you mm. can't you know we can all get on Zoom and we can chat and we can interact but it's really sad that you can't play music together live and like we said we tried on New yeah. Year we and it doesn't match up and that's I think that's what we're all yearning to mm. do we're all yearning to create and and play together and it's really difficult that we can't do that yeah yeah i should probably explain to people who are not in the business the reason it doesn't work is because you get this delay and you're conscious of it when you're speaking you, and a little bit awkward isn't it you get the, <laughs> yes when, when you're trying to play it's insane it's it's enough of a delay like half a second or something is enough to make it completely impossible to mm. play together in a sort of sensible way so um yeah it's tough and it's the thing is it's what we all want to do we all want to play we all want to be live I mean we've tried to do various bits and pieces haven't we to keep creative through lockdown and we had the Christmas single and we we've been trying to go back with you know this the song uh that we had that was out before it's going to be all right the panic attack song we've been trying to stay creative and I think that's really important to keep keep definitely having a focus having something that that makes you tick absolutely it's not easy Okay, I'm going to take you back Sorry. again, if that's all I right. I keep taking over. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I think we can ramble where we want, can't we? Really? <laughs> okay, okay. The, this is kind of a similar question, but slightly different. When I mean, you have an extraordinary talent, extraordinary voice, and I knew it from the first second I saw you when you came in to We Were Rocking. In fact, even before that, when I saw you in a supporting role. But when did you know? I mean, you came through Lanes, isn't it? Mm, Lanes School. Lane, yeah. you know, and I've seen lots of people come out of there, you know, and they can sing a bit. But you have something extraordinary. When did you know that you had an extraordinary power, that you had an exceptional way to move people and, and make people happy, make people cry and, and the whole thing? Had, was there a moment when you thought, oh, actually, this is working and people are responding and I can do this? I don't, again, I don't think there was a particular moment as such. I think, I, I, I think with, with just longevity, you start to learn how to interact with an audience and how to, I don't know, get their attention, make them feel something that's just not screaming in their mm -hmm. face, you know, because it, it's a very different thing, I think, connecting with a lyric to an audience than 
audiences just sitting and listening to your voice and going, oh yeah, lovely voice and that's great. But actually making them feel something and connecting is a, is a completely different thing. And ironically, through lockdown, when I've been teaching online and connecting with various different singers and working with different people, it's it's taught me so much. And I look at these people, I look at some of these singers and they're phenomenal and they're great storytellers. And I think to myself, why am I any different? You know, why... What is it? You know, what? How, how have I made a career? But I don't know the answer, but it has been really interesting to look at other people. And I look at my peers mm. and I, I'm, you know, astounded by how brilliant they all are. And and it, it, you do wonder, why why do I get chosen? You know, somebody asked me, uh, I think I was doing an interview for Radio Manchester the other day, and they said, you know, why, did, why do you think you got picked to do Wicked over all those thousands of people? And I'm like, I don't know is the answer. And I still don't know. But all I do know is that I love it and I'm, I'm passionate about it. It's what makes me tick. It's, it's yeah. what's crippling me at the moment to not be able to do that. Um, and I'm, I feel very fortunate to do something that I love doing. And, and you're always chasing that next thing of how you can get on the stage or how you can, you know, record a new song or how, you know, t- creativity. Mm. You're always chasing that creativity. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have some exceptional qualities. One of the qualities which I love is your lightness, the fact that you can always step out and be sort of disarmingly honest and and just make a joke of things you know I think it's a wonderful quality to have you know and it's something that I've learned from we we toured a lot together Mm. and you always said you learned from me but I learned from you also that it doesn't really matter if you get into a you make a mistake or something goes wrong with the performance you laugh we laughed so much on that tour and that's kind of (laughs) like the first tour we ever did and um and it's kind of stayed with me I think that's a lovely dimension to have and I think people are very comfortable with you because of that I've seen you in in tiny little gigs and in big ones as well but you have the ability to go haha that was really amusing wasn't it you know let's try this and it's it's a connection. I think it makes people feel comfortable. I love that. I think Aww. that's a quality that you have. Thanks. Yeah, it's and harder to do that. Some of it's... Oh, go, on. <laughs> go on. No, no, no. I'm talking too no, much. This good. is your show. No, it's good. <laughs> it's harder to do that in a in a musical. I mean, unless it's something, unless it's something yes, that's a little bit yes. lighter. You don't have the room to do that. You 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 have if something goes no. wrong or you know, something, I don't know, something doesn't happen. You have to navigate your way out of it, but stay in character, stay with the story. So I guess I feel a sense of freedom when I'm doing, when we've done shows together or I do a show on my own, I feel that freedom of Mm. acknowledging. And if something does go wrong, you can tell, you can have that joke with the audience because there's no structure. You're not ruining a story. You're not stepping out of character. So I I guess I embrace that and I I enjoy that part Mm. of it. I enjoy that you know the audience are in on it and they they can see that you're human and that it's it, if it does go wrong it's okay we can just start again or we can do something else and it's that's also the beauty of live yeah. music and live shows is is that you yeah. have that freedom and and like I say on our tour we we did that lots you know we started things again we had a laugh we acknowledge when you mess yeah. up and I think that's nice for people they know that it's a one-time thing as well and that they're in a special kind of evening it's it's a thing you're you're sharing together in that one night. Yeah, I think people love that. They they actually love that best. They like it best when, <laughs> when you go when wrong. Goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, they get something special that nobody else has seen. That's really true. I think. Have you ever yeah. done it? Have you ever like? I mean, I know you talk about it. I shouldn't be asking you questions, really, but I know when you um, when me. you 
you talk about playing on the roof at Buckingham Palace and how frightening that was in case you kind of went wrong. Mm. But have you ever done it? Yeah. Like, you know, you've played some incredible arenas and huge events. Have you ever gone completely, like, had a, you know, gone wrong and, and dealt with it? What did you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Actually, it's interesting you brought up those two things. I mean, both of those things, being on the roof, and, and I remember the closing ceremony of the Olympic Games as well, you know, you were under such incredible pressure. And if something goes wrong... Actually, I think you would kind of die because you can't break out yeah, and yeah, laugh. You yeah, know? If I'd, yeah, I mean, I'd still have nightmares about that. You know, that was the most being on the roof there and knowing that if I screwed up, then it would be screwed up for all time. Mm. It was terrifying, you know, and that was an exercise in facing fear. I don't think I could have laughed that off. So I suppose there are there are certain situations where you can't. You just have to come up with the goods, mm. which you do too. You know, when you're under pressure, you get better. It seems to me. You do. Yeah. You rise to the occasion, I th- don't you? Well, I th- like you say, I think there are those moments like playing on the roof and the Olympics. They're big, massive. And they're like, you know, when, like in a, in a musical, there's no room for, you You, ca- you just can't mm. mess up. And if you do, you've got to navigate no. your way out of it without letting people know. And that's, I guess that's part of what we do as mm. well. It's, it's the illusion of mm. everything's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we do it. <laughs> We're all crazy. <laughs> we are a bit crazy, I think. Yeah. It's not normal what we do. <laughs> well, it's very strange, isn't it? I mean, at the moment, our industry is really dying on its feet. Mm. Uh, in common with a number of other industries, I suppose. But I think uh, I think we're very low down the list of priorities for the for the government to, you know, there isn't any kind of aid forthcoming mm, <laughs> to, yeah. to, people, to people who sing. But... Um, but I think we get through somehow. I'm going to ask you another question oh, from my on, list. Oh, go on then. Have <laughs> okay. you got a list? You've done homework. I'm a little list. Yeah, yeah, look, there it is. That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm honoured. Well, you know, I take life seriously, especially talking to oh. you. I'm not going to mess this up. <laughs> okay, we looked at the past a little bit. What about the future? Where, where, where do you see yourself being in about 10 years' time? Where would you like to be in 10 years' time? What would you be doing? Oh, God. I don't know. I love that my life brings I'm I'm happy that it brings variety that I get to um you know do lots of different things like I we've talked about it over the years where you know we'll we'll be working on a piece of music and then I might go off and do a concert or I might go off and do a a play or you know voiceover whatever I like the variety because I think it keeps me grounded and it keeps me positive because I always feel like there's options you know, and if, if people are in one, um, I don't know, they're in a box and they just do one thing, they just do musicals or they just, mm. you know, um, do plays or they, I feel like you're, you're restricted so much and therefore people spend a lot of time not working because their, their options aren't, aren't as big. So for me, I'm in, I love working. I'm happy when I'm working. Obviously there's always the dream of, you know, bigger shows, you know more albums you know charting albums there's those kind of things um that are pipe dreams I mean I guess when I was younger I've had all these pipe dreams of you know performing on the West End on Broadway and uh, having albums out working with rock stars and when you tick when you start doing all those things you go right well I gotta start dreaming bigger and so I guess there are those there are those um those dreams of bigger stages you know reaching more people I think what's because I love being on stage and I love singing I love interpreting songs I love uh, creating with people because there's nothing like it I mean we talk about it all the time there's nothing like the 
the connection that you have on a stage with the people on stage and with the audience. It's it's something you can't explain to people. Um, but the, the, the thing I, I would like more of is just being able to sell out tours, you know, book a tour and go, it's going to sell, mm. you know, and not worry about it and not, not have to think about, oh, you know, if we go up to wherever, are we going to sell? And, and that, I think as you... As I started to do my own shows, as they started small, suddenly you're aware of things like ticket sales and merchandise and all these numbers and things that you, I hadn't been aware of before. And suddenly it becomes more business-like. I just enjoy going out and singing and playing to people. Then suddenly you're aware of, well, we need to hit this many figures just to get the tour on the road, just to pay everybody, pay the musicians. So I'd like to not have to think about that, to be able to just book a show and know that it's people are going to come and know about it. And yeah, that would be the ideal. And more albums. We'd like us to put some more stuff out, <laughs> go on tour again, <laughs> if we can, yeah. <laughs> if you got yeah. time. <laughs> well, it's a dream at the moment. It is a dream, isn't it? Because mm. things don't look that good at the moment. It's tough. Yeah. I hope we do. Yeah, I hope we make another album. Well, we, well, we, we started, made a little bit of start, didn't we? we? We did start. Yeah, we have, yeah. We got a couple of songs in. What, three songs were we in? Something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it's great. It's great stuff. I think, you know, I feel very, I feel like we're going down a new avenue, which is exciting. We different are. kind of style. That's mm. been nice about our albums, though. They've all been very different. They've all been, they've all progressed, mm. but in a very different way. Like you think from, al- mm. and from anthems to something like Acoustic by Candlelight, they're so different. Yeah, really. We'll be right back with my chat with Brian in just a minute. But as you know, this season has been sponsored by Act London. And here's a snippet of our chat together talking about their amazing company. Andy and Ed, I am so excited that you're here on my podcast. And I'm, first of all, just want to say a massive thank you for supporting me uh, in in season three. I mean, we had no idea that this podcast was going to be so successful and, you know, so so exciting for other people to listen to. And to move it on and to have sponsors involved this season has been brilliant. So I thank you. I thank you. And now I get to chat to you and and talk to you. Yay. which is exciting for me because not only have you, uh, you know, come up with this incredible uh, brand, should I say, you both come from theatre, don't you? You come from being on the stage. And for me, that's just incredible because, you know, coming from theatre and knowing how difficult it is, um, you know, lots of people, young people especially say, you know, uh, any, any tips, any advice? And a lot of the time I say, oh, well, make sure that you're, you're open to other things because you know you're not always going to get that one job or it's going to be tough so you guys have taken that to an extreme (laughs) (laughs) and come up with an incredible incredible product and I I guess I just want to know you know where did that come from why I guess to start with um did you decide to 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 come up with your own deodorant that I know you I'll let you tell I'll keep speaking otherwise. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, well, thank you for having us as well for a start. Honestly, when it, when when you got in touch with us, I was like, this is the perfect fit with mm. the, the the match of our stories. Um, but we, we generally didn't set out to make a business or a product that we were going to sell. It was purely Ed could find nothing that worked, and it was just practicing on the hob, making different concoctions of things to be like. Uh, just trying them, trying to find something mm. that worked, and then started handing it out to friends and uh, and and castmates, and they'd be like, "This is amazing! You need to make it into a product to sell." 
but that doesn't come from nowhere. I mean, you don't just suddenly go, I don't suddenly go, oh, uh, <laughs> I need some new rehearsal gear. Oh, I'm just get my sewing kit out and make some. <laughs> that doesn't That's happen true. like that. And, and this is, you know, this is kind of mixing things together. How, I mean, did you have yeah. any kind of history with, with that? Or, or <laughs> how did that happen? Uh, no, I have got an A in biology A level. <laughs> 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 But no, well, me and Andy, we met in beautiful Carol King musical back in 2015, and we started dating. Mm. It was a proper showman. <laughs> um, and so obviously I was just very conscious that I smelt. <laughs> because being a dancer, you know, you know what it's like being on the stage mm. and being so active. You've got yes. rehearsals during the day, and then you have to go to the gym because you've got to keep up that bod. Yeah. And so you're just sweating a lot and it really was just born out of frustration. And like we honestly, we tried everything on the market to, to see if it would work. And I'd end up having those horrible, like yellow pit stains yes. that you can't wash out. And so it just got to a stage where I was like, well, if nobody's figuring it out, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and figure it out. <laughs> and so I have no background in chemistry. And wow. it did, I'm not, you know, it did take a long time. It took us three years to create the formulation. But it was just done, you know, researching in, in the spare time that I had, buying new ingredients, testing them out. And not all batches were good. You know, some of them gave me a, a big red rash. So you literally <laughs> just like in your home, just, try, you know, researching what ingredients go into these these uh, products and just mixing it up at home and, and seeing what, what worked and trying them out yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Every Google. Week it would... Google. <laughs> To hear the rest of that chat, head over to my IGTV to hear it in full. Now, back to me and Brian. Okay, I'm going to ask you another thing. (laughs) Something happened. (laughs) You were in We Will Rock You Mm. and a massive success. And and that was, you created that role of meat. No one had ever, ever done that role before. You made it happen, which is great. And you started to get, I could see a sort of little bit of a kind of a, a fan base developing there. But when you went into Wicked, it became big, big, big fan base. And I remember seeing people queuing around the block mm-hmm. just to come and, and meet you and, and get your autograph after the show. So that's the fan thing. I mean, was there a point where you suddenly thought, oh, my God, I have fans. Things are different now. I have a responsibility. I have... <laughs> do you have thoughts like that? What do you think about your fans? Oh, <laughs> I lo- I t- it's funny. I it's, yeah, Wicked was a different thing. You, I mean, you're always wondering, is it the show? Is it me? Is it, what is it, you know? And and it, it is lovely when people do take the time to come around and see you and ask for an autograph because it, it's lovely that they want to, you know, say hello. And I think that's that's really nice. But what I think was a significant point was when those fans translated into my own shows and they came and supported and have continued Mm. to support if I doing a show in somewhere you know out and random and suddenly there's a a ton of people there that I recognize I see I know their faces they come to the shows that's important because Mm. they're the people that that create your your career if you like because if you don't like I say if you don't sell tickets if those people don't come the shows don't happen. So those people are incredibly important. And musical theatre fans are very loyal. They're incredibly supportive. They do come and see you in everything. I think what was what was interesting for me was when when we toured and our kind of fan base collided and we, we would see mm. such a mixture of people. Yeah. And that was amazing. Yeah. And I loved that they all enjoyed the same thing that we were we were giving out to them it wasn't we weren't playing full rock all the time or we weren't playing musical theater all the time but we were doing this hybrid of 
different music and they loved it. And I, I thought that was, that was amazing. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's just nice that people mm. want to come and see you, I think. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, well, I, I've seen you develop that. And as you say, you did take the fans with you and, and it's, it's grown. You're a hero to, to loads of people, you know, to lots of people. You're a role model to people, which is great. And I think that's enhanced by the teaching you're doing. You do a mm. lot of teaching people. And um, you, you are a great role model. You really are. I, mean, I, I, don't, I mean, you have this natural talent, but I don't know anyone who's more dedicated to developing their talent and, and um, you know, using it to full advantage. I mean, you, night and day, you're a singer, and it's amazing, that total dedication. I think when you're doing something that you love, though, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't feel like a job. For me, it's, it's just part of who mm. I am, and if I'm not doing it, that's when it feels like work. It feels like I'm not, I feel like I can't breathe sometimes. I need to get out and I need to go and perform. I need to, you know, scratch that itch. Yeah. And I'm not, it, it, lockdown has been very poignant for that. It's felt like there's a part of me that's missing as it does when I'm away touring and being wonderful and I'm not with my kids. You know, that's that's difficult as well. But it's yeah. been, it's, you're always a bit in turmoil, aren't you? When you're not touring, you want to tour. And when you're touring, you're like, oh, I miss my family. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, that's the performer's thing, isn't it? It's, it's always a pull. I mean, now we don't have that many choices. It's odd, isn't it? We are at home with mm. our families. And um, and the, the, the most social you get is by Zooming, <laughs> like we're doing now. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's very strange for me, the fact that you don't come down to the studio anymore. We can't. Mm. I mean, that, that's... It's a hard thing to get used to, really. But I think Zoom has actually enhanced our lives. I was a bit against it in the beginning. I don't know, you know, it's like, I don't want to do this thing. It's annoying. But actually, it gives you that social contact, yeah. doesn't it? Because there's, there's no other way, really. And it keeps you going. Well, you said something very interesting to me. When I did, I think I'd done two of the Instagram Lives, the shows, and I said to you afterwards, uh, yeah, it was really great, but I feel like I'm over it. I feel like I've done it now, you know. And you said to me, but you're reaching people all over the world that you wouldn't have reached before. You know, people mm. that can't come to see you here or whenever you're touring anywhere else, you know, you're reaching those people and creating, you know, growing the fan base and, and mm. being able to connect yeah. with those people. And that that was enough for me to push on and do another one. And with the teaching... Like this morning I was teaching a guy called Mike in New York who was fantastic and oh. and I had a girl in New Zealand that was great you know it to be able to connect with people much bigger and wider than we had before has been has been lovely and I think we might hold on to that in a, some way with the streaming and the uh the thing I did at the Crazy Cox was streamed again it went worldwide and I think that's I think that's a way forward yeah. in some aspects I mean do you think you'll end up I mean it's a bit different when you do big arena tours because you film them and then it goes out on dvd or mm. <laughs> dvd ha! or it goes out you, mm. it goes out as a product but do you think there's anything yeah. like that you might stream like live maybe in the future is it too risky oh no i quite like risky as you know <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I don't think it's too risky I, I don't know if it's what we want um, yeah, the, the sort of arena touring that we did was amazing. And I feel very fortunate that we were able to do it. It's a possibility that we'll never be able to do it again. I think people have to face up to that. It's possible. This virus is very clever and it's evolving faster than we can put up our defences mm. at the moment, it seems to me. I mean, I mean, and Britain particularly is in a terrible mess. Um, New Zealand, we, should, we probably all should go to New Zealand and <laughs> just get on with... <laughs> 
with a, with a country that, that has dealt with it properly. But, um, well, what we've done is we've put out our Live Around the World album, the Queen, Queen and Adam Lambert Live Around the World. And at the moment, it's number one in, in, the, uh, in the film charts, you know, wow. the entertainment rock film charts, here and in the States, which is great. Um, but, of course, that's kind of harking back to something which happened in the past. And I think people are hungry for that. They want to feel... The nice thing about what we did is we, it's concerts all around the world and you feel like you're in the audience. Mm. You feel like you can share that. But it can't happen right now. Mm. So it's it's like a dream. It's like another universe, isn't it? Which we can't quite touch right now. So I don't know if we'll do... I suppose we could do a Queen sort of virtual concert. Um, probably harder for us than most people could because the queen the whole queen thing is very interactive mm. we've evolved in, into a group which which needs and, and wants that audience participation we will rock you was built around that it's like what can the audience do they can stand and they can clap they can chant you know without that i don't think queen actually has a <laughs> well it's certainly different you know it would yeah. be something to explore yeah. but obviously we're hanging in and i think we're probably about to postpone our big uh, tour of Europe and, and the UK again mm. so probably that's going to be 2022 um, and I hope I'm still alive to do it <laughs> I think <laughs> you will you stay you've stayed really fit though in lockdown you get on your bike and you swim and you you know you yeah can sit yeah apart that you do yeah, apart you stay from really dying from a heart attack. <laughs> yeah you've had a bit of a rough time <laughs> apart from a little couple of little things that happened yeah is that what yeah. forced you to kind of step up the the fitness then your scares you is that did that force your fitness or do you, or do you just think it's because... Partly. We're in lockdown. Partly it did. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing was on that tour, the last tour we did all around um, the Far East and Australia and New Zealand, I was working out and I was really, I was probably the fittest I'd ever been. I was doing biking every morning. I was swimming. And I'm the one who got sick when I got home, got the heart attack and stuff. So it's kind of ironic. But the first thing I did when I was able, after I kind of started recovering, was get back on the bike. And it's been my saviour. It, it really saved me. When I'm in pain, which I was a lot, getting on the bike just gets you through and, yeah. and makes you feel human again. So, yeah, I mean, it has definitely propelled me. I do this thing called a cardio rehab now, which is basically biking, but to a certain formula, mm. um, interval training. And um, it's great. I love it. It's good. It, do you know, I, yeah, I'm finding life hard right now. I am. This whole lockdown thing, well, it's not the lockdown, it's the pandemic that's the problem. But... I find the physical stuff is what gets me through mm. more than anything else. It's great. I think you do too. You're on your bike, aren't you? You get, you get out. Oh, and... yeah. I, I notice the difference if I don't exercise or I'm not active. And it, it's it's yeah. hard to fit that in with the kids and everything because you need to get them out. They need to be active. But then to do something of your own as well, it's difficult to to fit in. Yeah. But it's I notice a massive difference mentally if I don't have that you know, that adrenaline, that those endorphins, you know, it's so important, so important. Yeah, yeah. You do an amazing job of balancing your private life <laughs> and your public life. I mean, when I think, <laughs> no, seriously, I take my hat off to you because when I was your age and at your stage, you know, when, when I had little children, I really wasn't very social and I wasn't very active. If, if I wasn't on tour, I wasn't active and, and you know, I wouldn't pick up the guitar. I would just be a dad. Mm. But you managed to blend everything in remarkably, I think, and you stay on top of everything. Mm -hmm. so, I try. How did you do that? How did you do that, <laughs> Kerry? Well, well, I think I was very, I mean, when they were little, I was very fortunate that like right up till 
like through the pregnancy and then obviously when the boys were young I mean I was so fortunate to be in a situation where we were working together because like pre boys I could work and I could do concerts even pregnant but then once they were born um we we went on tour for when both of them mm. had been born and I took them with me in the in the car seats you know the parents came mm. and I don't think I would have been able to do that if I was doing perhaps a, a show or a, another job. So I was very fortunate and that, that was a lot down to you allowing me to do that and having that opportunity to do that. And it, it really kind of set, I think, a precedent of how our lives as a family was going to be, that they would just get like be a part of it and we would just figure it out and navigate mm-hmm. it and not not be separate, bring the boys with me or, you know, have them around it. And I think that's been really important. And it makes them aware of what I do. It makes them aware that, you know, we have to work for a living, but do something you enjoy. It's It's been really good for them to see that as well. Well, you do great. I think you've I got try. some... Uh... <laughs> You've got interesting little boys there, haven't you? Oh with their own personalities. And, you know, they're already... It's amazing how formed they are at a young age, isn't it? Because, I mean, I can see Alfie's pretty into football and stuff, isn't he? And he's sort of... There's a lot of his dad there. Whereas Freddie mm. is, has a lot of the entertainment stuff in him already, doesn't he? I can see that. Yeah. He likes to perform. He does. Right? It's funny. It's yeah. like you you wonder if it's you putting things on them or whether they find it, yeah. so whether it's circumstantial. But... For us, it's always been about them giving them, putting them in very in lots of different um, experiences, you know, taking them to mm. football matches, taking them to theatres, tra- travelling, get, getting on p- p- uh, forms of transport so that they they have, mm. they can experience lots of things and then they can make their own choices. If they've not experienced those mm. things, how do they know what's out there? But yeah, they're very confident, <laughs> little boys. <laughs> they're more confident than me. <laughs> Uh, I think you've done a good job on them, very good job. <laughs> well, I'm fortunate in that I've managed to, well, you you trusted me with looking at your book. Can we talk about we your book? We can talk about my book, yeah. yeah. I did. Kerry, Kerry's, okay. you, you have already, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm probably one of the few people who's seen it and I felt that was a, a privilege. And um, when's it coming out? I'm hoping in the summer, Um I've got a publisher now, so um, we, we I wrote it over the first lockdown, more or less. I got uh, a lovely lady called Kelly Reynolds approached me a couple of years ago and said, you know, I'd like to write your autobiography. And my first thought was, well, I'm not old enough, you know, I've not done enough. And I kind of put mm. it on the back burner and just kind of said, look, I'll come back to you at some point. It's very kind of you to to help me, you know, to offer and help, but I'm not ready. And then the lockdown came the first lockdown came and I thought actually I'm going to be at home for a while how can I utilize this time and actually it's quite a good stopgap you know the first 40 years and now we're having a almost this this year stopgap so it's probably good time to write the first half or the you know first part of my life so we spoke on zoom for a few hours most days and it it took a good few months and we would go back and forth and she helped me put it together and then yeah, we've we've done it. I can't believe we've we've done it and we finished it. It's a very weird thing, though, writing mm. about yourself. I mean, c- career-wise, it's fine. It's all out there. It's um, it's documented and people know. But then you start talking about the other side of it. What's going on when you're doing a certain show? When you're doing a certain tour? And those are things I haven't shared before. So that that's that was interesting to 
to talk about and to and to read back reading back your own thoughts about your own family and friends is a weird thing and you go through all these emotions of should I share that should I not how are those people going to feel another reason why you know I had to let you be part of it because it, you're so um poignant in my life you know been so present for nearly 20 odd years that you had to read it you know because it obviously mm. talks about us and touring and you know my development in music down to you and it, it was a big thing and and to, and you know me so well so I was like it was a good person to read it <laughs> give me a view <laughs> well, it's a really good book really good thanks and uh and, and pretty brave as well you know you discuss a lot of your inner feelings which I think people will love you know it's not just about I did this and I did that it's mm. how you felt and yeah, I found it very riveting, I must say. So look out for that, folks. Oh, thanks. If you're if you're Carrie Ellis fans, you need the book. What's it What's it called, Carrie? What's the book called? Uh, uh, well, uh, I'm kind of. I still have a couple of titles, though. Uh, you know, I haven't. I haven't <laughs> maybe maybe you shouldn't give it away. It's a yet. working title. The book's finished, but the title's yeah. still working. <laughs> Suggestions yeah, on a postcard. Right. <laughs> yeah, I made a suggestion. You didn't did. I? It was a good one. It's, yeah, it might still we, make it. <laughs> We won't talk about that then. <laughs> we'll keep it secret. <laughs> I'm supposed to ask this other question, aren't I? I don't, I don't know if this is the right time to ask it. Shall I ask it now, the big question? You can ask. It's your show. Is, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's my show. Okay. Okay. Well, this question is, uh, supposing you could speak to your younger self, what would your advice be? It's a good question. And I've heard a lot <laughs> of people answer it. <laughs> You have. <laughs> Even you've answered it, I think. You answered it at the end of my last season. I did, didn't I? You did. I did. You know, I think for me personally, it would be to be okay with yourself at the time. I think, you know, I have I look back at pictures or videos or whatever, and I look at myself and think, wow, you know, you're doing a great job. I looked great. I sounded great. I was, I'm, I'm impressed by my younger self. And I think, in the moment, you're so self-critical and so worried about what everyone thinks, what you want to be. You want to be taller. You want to be thinner. You want to be a better singer. You want to be a musician. You know, all these things that you, you kind of strive towards. And I think I would just say take some time and be okay with what you are and who you are because it will serve you in the future. And I think you, obviously time and experience you gain allows you to be okay with yourself. But you don't have that when you're younger. And I just wish I could have said to myself, just just chill out, <laughs> be all right with yourself mm-hmm. and uh, and it'll all be yeah. all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song in there. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. We're all so insecure, aren't we, when we're starting off? You know, we think we're rubbish. And I <sighs> see that was going to be one of my questions. You know, was there ever a moment when you had a doubt when you when you went home after something and went, oh my god, I can't do this. I, I'm not cut out for this. I can't stand the pain of this rejection or this feeling of failure. Was was there a moment where you nearly quit? I've never nearly quit. I've never nearly walked away from it. It's always it's always been what I'm what I'm going to do and continue to do. That's never been the question. But I, I, there was a a dark a dark moment of dark time, and you'll know because we spoke about it when I was in Wicked and it was kind of towards the end of my London run, then to my Broadway run. And it was, I speak about this in the book, it was such a a difficult time because this was a moment I dreamed about and being on Broadway and being in this huge show. And vocally, I was struggling and it was, I found it like a, 
this treadmill that I was constantly on and constantly getting an injury, you know, and, and I couldn't kind of get up to speed. So I found that really difficult. And the constant pressure of, I mean, I think it was about two years, not all the time, but being in the show and that constant pressure of the weight of the show and delivering this vocal and this performance and and not having time to recover. And that was really difficult. It didn't make me want mm. to give up, but it just... It, I was I was kind of in turmoil because I there were times when I absolutely loved it and I was in full health and my voice was strong and but then there were times when it was really difficult and I was singing on swollen chords and I was away from you know the home and and that was hard um but yeah it still didn't it still didn't make me want to give up it made me just go I'm, I will get through this and I will be you know a better person for it I will learn from it and you know and and I'll navigate other uh, shows and concerts differently once I've done this so it was a massive learning curve um, but it it was tough (laughs) it was tough Uh, I remember I I really felt for you I felt so helpless because I couldn't help you at the time I mean the Wicked performance being Alphabet in Wicked is a massive undertaking Mm. it's a huge thing and it's killed a lot of girls voices isn't it and it's just too much and to do it all that time in London and then take it directly to Broadway without a without a gap mm. was killer. I, I don't know how you survived. I really don't. But you did, thank God. <laughs> and it's due, well, it's due to your dedication and strength, I'd say. You're a one-off, yeah. Kerry Ellis. You are a one-off. Thanks. It's one of those shows, though, you know, it's... it's it's the, it's your mountain to climb, isn't it? It's your, it's your nemesis, mm. but it's also one of the best things that a lot of us will have done. You know, that any girl that's played Alphabet yeah. has a similar, you know, story with it, whatever it, whatever it is. They have a, mm. you know, a drama or a mountain to climb with it. But we almost need a little yeah. AA group for all the Alphabets. <laughs> a chat, a forum. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's a wonderful show, mm. I must say. Yeah, it's, it's great. It is. And it has this under, undercurrent of, of, of kind of... Um, championing the underdog and, and people who are being bullied and stuff, doesn't it? It has that lovely kind of undertow, which which I think gives hope to a lot of kids who who are losing hope. Mm. And you've you pers- you've carried that on into your private life, haven't you, really? Well, to your life after Wicked, you know, you're you're an inspiration to people. I see that. So you're not just teaching music, you're teaching the way you deal with life and the way you deal with being a star. Well, that's very kind of you. I don't think it's a conscious thing, Um Another reason why I say with the weight of the show, people do identify with her because she's mm. uh, misunderstood and different and, you know, she's odd in some ways, but she triumphs and lots of people identify with her. And then some people put it on you, you know, they contact you and think that you can help them through their life. But mm. I don't know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a th- weird thing. But I'm grateful to it. I'm I'm really grateful to the show. I mean, to sing when I sang uh, yeah. Gravity at the the BBC thing recently, it was mm. it it felt a little bit nostalgic. It felt good to be singing that and flying that flag, and that song has you know has done has done wonders for me. So I'm grateful. Amazing, yeah, yeah. Which people are going to be able to see this concert on? Is it Sunday night? Mm. Or maybe no. There's, there's, there's no use saying this, is it? Because they <laughs> they would have seen it. It was wonderful. They loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> I was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you were. You're always wonderful. Very enthusiastic drummer on that show. <laughs> mm. 
Hey, well, it's good to see you looking so healthy and happy. The other thing about you is that you never run out. It seems to me you've never run out of happiness that, that you share with people. You just give out this wonderful laughter and light. I don't think I can even ask you how you do that, but it's a wonderful thing that you have. I hope you're aware of it. It just gives people joy and light. That's why you have so many fans. People just love you. Oh, well. Because of what you bring into their lives. Thank you. I mean, for me, I think I was always brought up. I mean, you know my dad, as most people know my dad, because he's always around. Um, <clears throat> you know, he always, they were, my mum and my dad, to be fair, they always brought me up to to kind of realize what I had. My dad would always kind of say, well, you've got two arms, you've got two legs, you know, you're happy, you're healthy. Lots of people don't have that. Mm. So for me, I think it was instilled in me very early to be grateful, to be yeah. fit and healthy. And then for all the things that are on top of it, I do a job that I love. I have a great home. I have a, I have a great family, a supportive family. I have friends, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a job that just fills me with joy. So I think you've, um, I am optimistic and I think you have to be because it doesn't serve you to not be. It's, um, and mm. lockdown has been a, a good example of that. It's, if you, it, it's quick to go into that slippery slope and I think you have to just keep out of it, get outside, have a walk, you know, take a moment to go, like I say, we've got two arms, we've got two legs, we're healthy, it's all good. Um, so yeah, I think that's where it comes mm. from. I try. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think you had a good uh, good upbringing. Hello, Terry. Right. <laughs> You'll be listening. <laughs> Come on, yeah, let's yeah. not give him too much. <laughs> no, no. You do, it's, it's a good, certain things do run in families, though, don't they? Because I can hear Terry saying, you know, it's all fun and games, isn't it? You know, <laughs> he, he finds a way of being optimistic about everything, as you do. And I'm sure your kids will as well. Oh. Won't they? they will grow up having that lovely kind of resilience that you have. I hope so. I hope so. That's what all you can yeah. ask, isn't it? That you you kind of instill good morals onto your kids and that they're good people. That's that's all that matters is that they're good, mm. kind, decent people. And let's hope I do that. Mm. Oh, <laughs> you do. Yay. You do, Terry. Oh, Kerry. Oh, what I'm saying. <laughs> Can't even speak anymore. <laughs> Overcome. <laughs> Cut that bit out. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, Kerry, it's lovely talking to you, <laughs> and I never ever get uh, tired of speaking to you. Uh, I just want to say thank you for letting me be a part of this very special edition of Keep Calm and Carry On. And you're amazing. Oh, you're man. wonderful. So keep doing what you're doing, and we all love you. <laughs> and um, keep giving out that wonderful golden joy that you do. Oh, thanks. Brian, thanks for being our host. It's been amazing, and I've loved, I've loved chatting. And thanks for you know finishing up our season. You're wonderful, and uh, and I'm sure people are going to love this. And thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Pleasure. God bless. Bye. Well, that is it. I cannot believe another season has flown by. Goodbye, season three. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I hope you guys have enjoyed yourselves. I have just loved talking to each and every one of my guests and having you guys along the way with us. So thank you all so much. Thank you to all of my lovely guests coming on the show. It's been a joy to talk to you all and hear your stories. And if you haven't listened to any or or if you've missed an episode, please hit subscribe and go back and listen. There's also two more seasons, season one and two, to have a listen to if you've missed them. Also, tell your friends, hit subscribe, leave us a review if you've enjoyed it this season. And of course, thank you to my 
adorable, gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful producer, Martin, at peroxidemedia.com. I wouldn't be here without you, Martin. I know you work very hard taking out all of my bloopers. <laughs> You're amazing. I adore you. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you to our sponsors this season, Act London. It's been wonderful having you on board. And I am an absolute convert. I really am. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to a spray deodorant ever in my life. Amazing. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been amazing to have you. And of course, to you, the listeners, I wouldn't be here without you. Honestly, I just love doing this podcast. So please keep listening. We have a season four spoiler alert up our sleeves we've already started chatting to people so get ready because we have some great guests lined up and honestly the chats you are not going to want to miss them so as for me well i'm heading off to do cats the musical in taiwan for a few weeks so i will be singing my memory along the way and i hope to god i see you guys very very soon take care and keep calm and carry on. Once again, a huge thank you to my sponsors, Act London. Thanks for coming on board, guys. It's really great to have you with us. It really does work, I promise you. I get up in the morning, I put it on, it smells gorgeous. I'm loving the orange scent at the moment, and it really does work. I'm running around, I'm exercising. My kids, you know, they really do wear me out, and this stuff really does work, I promise you. And don't forget to use my exclusive discount code for 20% off at the checkout. Keep Come 20 at actlondon.com. That's A K T London.com. <laughs> <laughs>